It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you missed any of my talk radio breakfast show, don't worry. We've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast. The Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. Enjoy. Let's talk about the billion pound bailout, 350 billion pound bailout for the economy announced by the Chancellor Rishi Sunak yesterday. Uh, let's talk to Justin Urquhart Stewart, who's an economist and market commentator. Good morning to you, Justin. Good morning, Julia. Um, uh, thank you very much. I mean, I have to say, I mean, the, these sums were just huge. We are talking about a wartime footing. Uh, Rishi Sunak said this, whatever it takes, the government intervention on a scale not seen before. He said it's not a time for ideology, it was a time for courage. Certainly, the Office of Budget Response. Responsibility, uh, boss Robert Choate uh, uh, said this. You know, this certainly was not irresponsible at a time like this. These are wartime measures, aren't they? Well, I'm afraid it's only a start. Um, put this into context. This is double what it was was to actually get you know, to get the bankers bailed out, which is enough. Um, but they're taking it seriously. But this is only the start. There's a lot more that's going to cost to go through this. It just shows, I'm afraid, how frail the capitalist system is. It's very successful when it works well. When it cracks, it cracks very easily. Yeah. And, it's a lot uh, less frail uh, than the socialist system. We'd be living like this the entire time <laughs> under socialism. I've been oh, to enough socialist countries to know how bad it is. I, you're absolutely right. I agree with that one. Uh, so, but it, nonetheless, you're going to have to see a lot more expenditure to actually get ourselves through this. And it's going to take, I'm afraid, you know, courage from everybody to actually realise that this is what you're going to have to do to work your way through it. Um, uh, but nonetheless, look at what's happening on the other side of the world. You can see in China the numbers dropping off in terms of new cases there. And you see the number of people coming through the other side and uh, recovering from it. And so you can start getting a measure for it. Now, this is important for markets because markets and economies uh, hate it when they can't work out what's wrong and how much it's going to cost. Now, we still don't know how much it's going to cost. It's going to cost an awful lot. Um, no, I could double the figure we've got now and still have a lot more to go. But at least I can then sort of say, right, OK, this is going to take X number of people, uh, Y number of months. Um, and it, it gives it a, a better an idea and hopefully to get people, give them some confidence and not to yeah. panic and say, actually, this can be controlled. And this, and this is a key thing, isn't it? It is, it is about confidence, isn't it? It's not just about even the specific measures. And bearing in mind, of course, these are government-backed guaranteed loans, which they can borrow at you know, virtually zero. Um, oh, yes. Um, and, 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 so, and it's only if, if companies default, which many will, that, that they'll have to pay, but it is 15% of GDP. But this is, the, this is the difference, isn't it? It's huge sums of money as opposed to even bigger cost of the entire economy collapsing, which is what we are talking about. Yes, it's a huge amounts of very cheap money which can be written off. We don't want to talk about writing it off because that's what devalues the thing at the moment. But that's nonetheless going to be the case. But it's also it's so, what it's what the entire world is going to do. So it kind no, of like becomes a zero sum game then. 
you look at exactly what you know, Japan has found itself in a position with a huge level of debt. And for some years, I've been sitting there saying they're playing a very long game with this, running up the debt on the basis that they'll come a stage where they can just sit there and say, let's cross off uh, six noughts off here and we'll start again. We'll almost reach that sort of stage. But no, the most important thing is to give people the, the confidence to know that uh, this works its way through a process. And uh, once you get to that uh, far side of it, then you'll find that actually it'll take time to uh, start picking up again. People will start actually then earning money and it slowly does pick up. But in the meantime, it does feel like some terrible sort of play that they're having to go through at the moment. Um, but there is enough money and there's enough process and structure to keep the thing going. Well, I mean, it's particular help yesterday for the hospitality, retail and leisure industries, insurance policies they, the government said should be paying out uh, if they do have insurance. If they don't have insurance uh, covering uh, disease and the like, um, then cash grants, £25,000 per business, a business rates holiday extended to all businesses, not just smaller businesses for an entire year, uh, £10,000 cash grants for small businesses in need. Uh, some of money there. Um, there's going to be more support we're announced in the coming days for particularly airlines and airports. Um, but of course, it's not, and obviously help for mortgage owners as well. Three month holiday mortgage people are also- affected. But the great area that, we're, that we've been very successful in this country in doing, but of course is now a, a big threat to many people, are people who've been doing, uh, looking after themselves, self-employed. Yeah. Uh, and those are the ones who are saying, well, what do we do then? How do we actually manage it? That's given us great flexibility, lower costs, um, and a very, very flexible economy. Um, but they're sitting there saying, so, but hang on, I'm not a company. Where do I go? What do I do to try and help this? And that's the answer he's going to have to come up with today. Yeah, indeed. And we're going to be talking to the business secretary, Alex Sharma, to ask about those people. Also, the many, many millions of renters who, who, who are not covered by this year. Justin Urquhart, Stuart, economist and market commentator. Thank you very much. Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley Brewer and The Times. Be well informed. Well, let's talk about the medical side of things and the impact, not just on people who, have, who may get coronavirus or remember their family, or indeed those forced to isolate to prevent getting it, but also just those people in need of a surgery. Um, again, we're told that uh, the NHS England is cancelling all non-urgent surgery to free up 30,000 beds. That's uh, about a third uh, or more of the of the NHS uh, beds uh, numbers. Uh, but, of course, massive effects on ordinary people and their lives. Professor Carol Sikora is a former chief of the cancer programme at the World Health Organisation and Dean of Medicine at the University of Buckingham. Good morning to you. Good morning, Julia. Good morning. Um, I mean, this, I mean, when we talk about um, you know, routine operations and non-urgent surgery and the like, um, of course, none of this feels non-urgent, none of it feels routine to the actual patients who, who are in desperate need of that surgery. Absolutely. And it, it is the worst-case scenario, but you have to plan for that. And hopefully it won't be as bad as it came out. The thing that changed government thinking over the weekend was a paper from Imperial College, my old place. And uh, it did a worst-case scenario plan, and it looked pretty frightening. And that led to a total change in the policy over the weekend. Well, this is it. Did, I, it, did it result in a total change? Didn't they just simply speed up what they were planning to yeah. do? Yeah, well, that's what I mean. They speeded it up. And NHS England issued the edict to all chief executives of all the trusts around the country to say, please cancel all routine operations. Yeah. But and that, I mean, cancer, which, you know, so people with cancer will still get surgery and uh, a variety of other things. But it's so, yeah, so we're not going to end all treatment. But this is about we've got 98,000 beds in hospitals in this country, far fewer exactly. per head of the population compared to many other countries in Europe, and particularly places like Germany, uh, far fewer critical care uh, beds as well, uh, which is a big concern. Um, 
can you help explain to me? We've got 3,700 critical care beds, um, um, and and say they think that a third of general beds could be could be turned into uh, critical care beds at, at a push, which is why they're cancelling those operations. Um, why do we have so many fewer beds and fewer critical care beds than some of our neighbouring countries? I mean, not not so different to some of the countries like Spain or or or, or Finland, rather bizarrely. I mean, very very yeah. wealthy countries. Um, but uh, th- I mean, do do we do we on a day to day basis do we see completely different outcomes for survival because of that lack of uh, beds? Not really. It's a system that runs efficiently, but at full capacity. And uh, we're not as bad as some countries in Asia, such as India, where people hop bed, they sit there and they wait for the bed to become free so they can get into it. Uh, uh, We're not as bad as that. But I, I think when you get a crisis like this and you it's unpredictable what will really happen over the next month. I'm, I'm a much more optimistic I'm, you know, uh, rather than the pessimistic. But the planners have to do the pessimistic plan. And that means cancelling hip replacements, hernias, anything else uh, that can be put off for six months. And but there have the been warnings for years upon years about the lack of funding going into the NHS uh, and, and the yeah, lack of critical care beds, lack of beds, lack of nurses, lack of doctors. Um, across the board, we, are, we have far fewer of all of those things per head of the population than many of our equivalently wealthy European Union neighbours. Um, do you think this is going to be a wake-up call? I mean, there's also a wake-up call, which is that a lot of those countries also pay a heck of a lot more in tax. And uh, we've seen, again, and again, the British public say, oh, we want more money spent on the NHS. But, oh, no, no, we want someone else to pay for it in their taxes, not mine. I know. And even things like diagnostic access to a CT scan or MRI, we're way behind Europe in access to diagnostics. And that means delays in uh, diagnosing cancer and therefore treating it and therefore the cancer spreads and therefore our survival statistics are still not caught up with Europe. They've got better, but Europe's got even better still. An early diagnosis of cancer is pretty important. So you're right. We need a massive investment. And this could be the wake up call. I just hope that over the next few weeks is not as bad as we think and although things will be you know healthcare will come to a, a routine healthcare will come to a stop for a month we can pick it up in may and it'll move forward in a stable manner yeah, hopefully. I mean, Sir Patrick Valance, the uh, chief uh, scientific advisor yesterday, speaking to the Health Select Committee, it was absolutely fa- I mean, really fascinating watch yesterday. One of the things about I being isolated at home, you, you get to watch more telly. Um, but uh, he was talking about how 20,000 deaths now where they would regard as a good outcome, given we were talking about half a million uh, possible deaths uh, only a that's, week or so ago. Th- that that is cause for optimism, isn't it? I mean, it's terrible for those people and those families, but that, that's a darn sight better than we were looking at. And if you think about it, uh, the Office of National Statistics uh, at the beginning of the year gives a prediction how many people would die in the UK. And for this year, it was 620,000. So that's the number of people who would have died anyway. If it's only 20,000, most of those are being double counted. They're already in the 620. They're, they're people died. who have underlying health complaints, all exactly. the elderly well, likely to die flu or the like anyway. Exactly. So it's not really as bad as it sounds. It's sad for individuals. It's sad for families. I fully appreciate it. But if you're in the public health world, you don't actually see patients. You, uh, you, you can just you have no emotion. You can play around with numbers. So the real death rate with this is probably going to be somewhere between 20,000, which is optimal, uh, good case, to 
250,000 bad cases. I know 500,000 came out from that imperial study, and uh, I'm not sure how it derived, because I'm not an epidemiologist, but that seems a bit extreme. But 20,000 in a total death for the year of 620,000, and that 20,000 probably within most of those patients are within the 620 that would have died this year anyway. So, you know, when you look at it like that, it's not worse than the flu epidemics of the past. Do you know what? It's terrible to say this, but it, it, it feels a bit optimistic, feels a bit more positive. Uh, Professor Carol Sikora, thank you very much indeed. He's Dean of Medicine at the University of Buckingham. Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley Brewer and The Times. Be well informed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Uh, delighted also to welcome to the show right now the Business Secretary, Alok Sharma. Good morning, Chisa. Morning, Julia. Uh, good morning. Now, uh, huge announcements yesterday uh, from the uh, Prime Minister and the Chancellor, Rishi Sunak. This £350 billion in total bailout for the economy. Rishi Sunak kept saying, look, the government's going to do whatever it takes. This is a time for courage. But then awful lot of people saying yesterday, there's a lot more to come. You were talking help for mortgage owners. What about renters? Uh, help for uh, businesses. What about the self-employed? Um, how much more is going to have to be done uh, to help the economy out? Well, Julian, as you said, I think this is one of the most comprehensive packages of any government that's been set out yesterday, £350 billion on top of the £30 billion that was set out at the budget. Uh, and after this, uh, the statement from the Chancellor, I indeed spoke to uh, organisations like the Federation of Small Businesses, the Institute of Directors, the, the, the CBI, uh, and uh, the measures have been positively received. But of course, as you say, uh, you know, 
uh, people are asking uh, how much further we're going to go. The Chancellor was very clear that when it comes to uh, employment issues, uh, we are working at pace with uh, employers. We are, we're talking to trade unions. Uh, I am very much part of that discussion with, with employers. Uh, and we will come forward in the, in the coming days uh, with further measures. And the Prime Minister has been absolutely clear right from the start of this uh, particular uh, situation, which is that uh, we stand ready to do whatever it takes to protect uh, people's uh, health, uh, to protect their livelihoods, and of course to protect businesses. And I, I think uh, what we have seen uh, since the budget and yesterday has been appreciated by very many businesses and individuals. Um, in terms of how people actually get hold of this money, I mean, it was a huge package and very much welcomed by the uh, business community uh, in terms of these loans for businesses worth up to $330 billion, uh, extra, you know, extra help for cash grants uh, and, and business rates, holiday extended for all businesses for a year uh, for those in the hospitality, retail and leisure industries, more help to come for airlines and the like. But especially as this is a lot of small businesses, um, how do people go about getting this money, getting these loans, getting these grants? This isn't, you know, isn't going to be money that's just sort of sent out to them in the post. When are they going to get them and who do they contact to get them if they are facing dire hardship right now? Yes, uh, and I mean, you raise an uh, extremely important and valid point on this. So uh, if you look at 700,000 of the smallest businesses that we have in the country, they already don't have to pay uh, business rates because they have relief on that. Uh, those uh, businesses will get grants of £10,000. That is going to be administered through local authorities. Uh, it is something that I and my department are, are talking to local authorities on, and we will make sure that that's available as quickly as possible. Um, if you already uh, are in receipt of small business rate relief, uh, local authorities will have your contact details and they will write to you very, very shortly. Um, and there's also some concern that we could go an awful lot further in this country, as some other countries are doing, in terms of deferring you know, all tax, you know, national insurance, VAT and the like. Is that something that's being considered in government? Well, uh, I just want to repeat again, and, and uh, I know people will get bored of hearing this, but uh, you know, we will do whatever it takes. Um, you know, conversations are ongoing. We've set out uh, the measures yesterday, uh, and there are further conversations that are taking place with businesses on uh, employment measures, um, and we will see how this uh, progresses. But uh, no one should be in any doubt the resolve of the Prime Minister and this government to support people through this situation. And this is about making sure that we keep people healthy, about making sure that we protect their livelihoods and that we provide support to businesses to keep them going through what is absolutely a difficult time and a time when many people would be very worried. Now, of course, there are lots of people saying, oh, this must go further. And, and again, you've made it very clear, as did Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak, that there will be further measures. Uh, we'll talk about some of those uh, as well. But there are also some who were saying, look, oh, this, is, this is wrong. The government should be, shouldn't be doing this. Uh, Rishi Sunak yesterday said this is not a time for ideology. Um, talk, talk to me about why he had to say that. Well, I think actually there is a huge amount of consensus in terms of the measures that we're taking. And um, uh, the vast majority of colleagues in Parliament uh, have uh, been very nonpartisan about this. This is about a unity of purpose in Parliament across the country, across businesses. And that's what you're, you're seeing. This is about protecting people's livelihoods. Um, so, you know, we, we will do whatever it takes uh, to get through this. And, you know, the Prime Minister has been very clear. We will come out the other side. Uh, there will be a, a recovery, and we mustn't lose uh, sight of that. But right at this time, when people need that support, it is absolutely right that the government steps up and provides the support that's needed. And what about the accusations that the government is, is playing catch-up? We've had a couple of guests today saying, you know, behind what uh, France, what other countries have been doing. Is that the case? 
Well, I, I think uh, you know we are taking measures uh, that uh, make sense for the UK, and I think there's been universally acknowledged that the package of measures for business that was announced yesterday to protect jobs uh, was uh, very welcomed. Uh, and of course, we will continue to come forward with measures as they're required. Uh, uh, in, in terms of protecting people's health, uh, we have made uh, a range of announcements on how people should, should behave if um, uh, they uh, contract uh, the virus. They should isolate themselves for seven days if they're in a household. Uh, the whole household should isolate for 14 days. Uh, and that where people are able to, they should work from home. So we are taking uh, preventative measures. Uh, we are ensuring that we've got resilience in the health service. And, of course, that businesses get the support at what is a difficult time for, for many of them uh, so that they can continue and come out in a recovery at the other side. OK, well, there's been a lot of help specifically for businesses and, of course, a lot of help for uh, for mortgage holders. We understand the Housing Secretary, Robert Jenrick, is going to be announcing help for those who rent a little bit later. That may well be more complicated, given that the landlords themselves may need the cash uh, from that rent themselves. So we'll talk about that. But also, in terms of staff, in terms of, of employment protection, people right now, we've already had uh, job losses. Carphone Warehouse yesterday, Laura Ashley uh, and, and, other, and other firms, no doubt, going to the wall very soon as well. Um, what sort of help can you offer those individuals rather than the business owners themselves? Um, well, yes. Look, uh, I mean, you know, anyone who's facing uh, the threat of redundancy um, uh, will be very anxious, uh, and um, absolutely we, we need to respond to that. Uh, we've ensured that people can get support through the, the welfare system. If you are self-employed, the minimum income floor uh, mechanism has been uh, temporarily uh, uh, abated. Uh, so support is available through the, the welfare system. But uh, as you said, Julia, you know, we've provided an unprecedented level of support to businesses. And ultimately, it is businesses that are employing very many millions of people across our country. If we provide support to businesses, uh, we will, of course, help to also safeguard jobs of very many millions of people. And it's also uh, safeguard the ability of uh, the vulnerable and the elderly in particular to get hold of vital supplies. Sainsbury's, the first supermarket to announce across the board that they are rationing sales of all products, maximum of three of any item, a maximum of two for the most popular products. Also a silver hour for uh, elderly uh, to get uh, a priority uh, once a week to do their shopping uh, without others in the store and a priority for them for delivery. Would you want all supermarkets to follow suit? Well, uh, so I, I'm having conversations, uh, as is the the, uh, the DEFRA secretary, with uh, retailers, with food retailers, uh, and I think people are taking proportionate measures in this. The, the key thing that people want to know is that is the supply chain resilient? Uh, will the shelves uh, be restocked? Uh, and um, you know, I have confidence that that is absolutely what will happen. If you look at some of the the opening hour changes that have been announced, it is about making sure that. Um, uh, shops have an opportunity to restock uh, the, the, the shelves. Uh, and of course, what we've also done is, uh, as well as providing this financial support, uh, make some relaxations in, in regulations. So for instance, uh, we have relaxed the, the hours that delivery dri drivers are able to work. And again, that is all about making sure that we keep the system running, that we get uh, uh, our warehouses uh, stocked up, that we get our supermarkets stocked up. Uh, and um, I completely understand that uh, individual um, uh, supermarkets will be taking particular actions, but the vast majority of people will be behaving very sensibly. And you know, my advice to, to everyone who's listening to your show is that please shop as you would normally shop, uh, and we will find that the, the shelves uh, indeed are, are full.
Uh, just very finally, um, the uh, Chief uh, Scientific Advisor, Patrick Vallance, giving evidence to the Select Committee of the Health uh, yesterday, uh, said that uh, he'll be looking at a good outcome, in his words, if we have uh, 20,000 deaths from coronavirus, as opposed to, of course, 250,000 worst case scenario. Only a week or so ago, we were talking about the possibility of a half a million deaths. Would you regard 20,000 deaths as a good outcome? Well, uh, throughout this process, Julie, we've been led by the scientific advice from the chief scientific officer and the chief medical officer, uh, and that uh, has uh, ensured that uh, you know we are able to provide support to people, and we will continue to listen to their advice. You know, of course, this is a really worrying time, and we want to uh, uh, minimise uh, you know anyone catching the virus, uh, 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 and uh, that's why the measures we've announced uh, are there to make sure that's what happens. Uh, but um, as I said, at the end of the day, we want to uh, listen to the scientific advice. We'll continue to do that. And I hope uh, we will absolutely minimize uh, the loss of life because, of course, we want to see anyone uh, lose their life through this uh, terrible time, uh, which, of course, uh, will be very worrying for many families and, of course, individuals as well. OK, a Business Secretary, Alex Sharma, very much appreciate joining us here. Thanks for listening to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.